Just give I'll it let you know when we go live because it's never exactly uh, a science. She texted me the other day. Let me see if I find her text. Are you recording on Zoom too? All right, Mark. We are live, brother. What's up, brother? Uh, we're uh, live. We're going to have a, a great episode tonight. We have two superstars on the show with us tonight. We're waiting for one of them. <laughs> to um, waiting for one of our superstars to check in. But in the meantime, what's up, everybody? Wait a minute, uh, I, think, I, think she just, I think she just arrived, Mark. All right, good, let her in, man. See, let I her in. I, I just let her in, there's, there's her name. Sandra Rubino. She's connecting, she's connecting to audio. I see her there, Sandra Rubino. Can you see her? You see her name, I don't see her face. <laughs> Give her a second. Oh, I got to play. Yes, there she goes. Sandy. That's much better, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. We, got, we should be intimidated. We got two Latinas. Oh, God. Three, well, two Latinas and, so two Latinas and a Latino. <laughs> and and a, cabra, a cabron. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, man. We're doing it. Sandra, you, you're back. You, you, uh, you ran away. All right. Let's I go. got you. I got you. Hold up. Come All on. Right. There you go. Yeah, remember, right. upstate New York, you know that. They don't, they, right. they, they have like um... let's, uh, let's give the proper introduction <laughs> over here. Everybody quiet down for a second. You ready? Here we go. We're going to give the proper introduction. Welcome to another episode of Police <laughs> Off the Cuff. I am your host. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm with my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? Yo, Great to have these two Latinas here. I hope we have two play. superstars here tonight. Superstars. Hope they, they don't play team us. They are basically, um, <laughs> if you ever watch the show Cagney and Lacey, they are the Cagney and Lacey of the NYPD. We have Irma Rivera and Sandy Rabino, folks. Yay! Hello. Thank you for hey, joining what's us. Up? By the way, I got to say one thing. That was Cagney and Carmen. That was me and Pat Schiller. So, oh, okay. you know? <laughs> Sandy, did you see the poster I made, the flyer for this? Yes, I did. I, I love it. I, I told Irma that I got your pictures off of Pornhub. <laughs> Wish I made that money, man. It, 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 look, it looked like that. You can make, make, like, make it now in the nursing homes. It's <laughs> you got to start, uh, 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 what is that? OnlyFans. What is, is it? OnlyFans. Yeah, you got to start an OnlyFans for, for all the guys that are into uh, female. Yeah, right. a senior fan club. What is it? <laughs> Whatever, man. You make money. Listen, I don't even know if you have to see the people that, that are following you. You know, they just give you money to see your stuff. So, <laughs> man, that would be good. <laughs> if we have any uh, retirees, uh, male or female, that would like to, me to start my own fans only, they want to see me without my shirt on. Uh, I can send you pictures of my feet as well. I have. Nice I want to see. I want to see Bill because he was, he's all calling up. No, there's a financial dominatrix. That's the. Bill got dressed up for you tonight. Normally he's got like a t-shirt on. Today yeah, he's got just, a sweater. Well, my Manhattan Dog shirt. t-shirt. He dressed up for us. Yeah, yeah, he looks he good, like man. Fancy. I love I love Irma's glasses. Yeah, you look hot. Uh, <laughs> Purple glasses. <laughs> she was just in the library working as a librarian. Oh my gosh, here we go. See, I hung out with Sandy when I when we used to drink, right? I used to drink before I stopped drinking, Sandy. So I'm so boring now. <laughs> I know, right? I went out with my grandchildren, my daughter, her husband, 
right? I started drinking. My, my grandchildren were on the floor laughing. They said, Mima, you don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun in sex crimes. Oh, oh, we did. Why don't you guys tell us some, so like, uh, special victim stories, you know? So wait, okay, so wait a minute. So both of you worked in sex crimes, right? Right. I was the first. Okay, but the, that's that's the TV show that um, we see that everybody get. I was actually, well, no, I was, in a, I was on SVU. Yes, but I was, uh, I was on the show. You don't remember me? I remember. Wait, were you the cop, George. a cop in uniform? No, I was a- George, the evidence clerk. Ah, yeah, okay. you, you were in special victims. You should have seen me. I was working down there. I didn't watch the show until recently. Then I, my, okay. my granddaughter watches it every day. So basically, this this is it. This is the real deal. This is Law and Order SVU right here. We have two uh, female detectives that worked in special victims, man. Tell us about it. It was great. I loved it. Irma was my training officer, you could say. She was a hard behind. She was, <laughs> was good. She was funny. I mean, there wasn't a case she could not crack. When she left, she broke my heart. She went to Manhattan uh-huh. South Homicide. You broke my heart. You have no. I, I, you know, I, I still get the clumps when I, I think about that. it. But I'll tell you, when Sandy first came into the unit, I remember like she used to sit at my desk, and that's when the word processes first came out, and no one knew how to use them. And I, I am the worst with paperwork, so I learned how to use this word processor. And anybody wants me to teach them how to use it, and I said, no, if I learn how to use it. Learn how to use it on your own. So Sandy would sit at my desk all the time and use it. Then one day I came in, remember that I came in in a bad mood, and I go, get your fucking shit off my desk. I do everything on your floor. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean one day you came in a bed no well yeah so yeah but yeah, um, that's true but we had fun and, and sandy was great i mean remember they were chasing that guy in the street we had him in a headlock and you had your short skirt on. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about that that's the case we're gonna talk about talk about that go ahead but i'm gonna go first because go first. mine's i have truth. nothing to say let's hear you okay bill are you ready i'm ready Mark? i'm ready i'm ready okay, man cool all right irma whose case was it irma I think yours. Uh, whatever. I was gonna make a follow-up call to, you know, follow-up visit to um, close the case, and of course it was a child abuse case. That's all Irma and I did. Plus they threw in a couple of adult, you know, sexual assault cases when they were short. So this was a uh, child abuse case follow-up. I'm gonna close the case. She came out with me. We were gonna have lunch afterwards, <laughs> and we went into Washington Heights off of Broadway. They had gorgeous, big, gothic buildings. With the front entrance, you go up the stairs, you go in on, on the step, you have to open that heavy door. It's metal and it's glass. Opened it up, went in a couple of steps, went up a couple of steps, got into the lobby. One, two, three, four. We stop. Irma and I stop. And I was thinking, and I'm, am I seeing what I see? And in my mind, I'm going. Like I said before, like a matrix. Let me get this. I, let me do this. Let me do this. Let me. Do. And I said, "Uh oh, I'm with Irma. I'm with Irma. I know what she's gonna do. This because what I was thinking about is I was gonna t- call her and like Miss So and So. I'm gonna go upstairs. Can you get my paperwork and I'll meet you upstairs. And then I was gonna call her, and then she was gonna stand on site and I was gonna stand on the step because there was nowhere out. And then she was gonna call for backup and then I was gonna come down slowly and we're gonna. But no, what did Irma do? Hey. You can't do that. I went, oh God. <laughs> like, like inside me, I went like Scooby-Doo. What, <laughs> what were they doing? I went, son of a B, man. Now I got 
to throw down. I got my freaking cute skirt, my top, my long leather jacket, my cute punks. And I said, this freaking bee, oh. And the perp, he, what were I they saw doing? Him, we saw, wait, I saw him do what? Wait, time out, time out, time out. What were they doing in the room? I you, think it was one, I'm like, gonna come to that. Okay. Um, he, we, we, he was doing a hand to hand. He was selling drugs. You know, glassing envelope. I'm gonna say it's cocaine. I never did narcotics, but I'm gonna say it's cocaine. But he was sending so it out of the mailbox. What happened? It was coming out of the mailbox. That's what happened. You didn't. You might okay. have. Missed, but yeah. he has some on him. Yeah, a lot on him. No, yeah, but, and then you know. The guy, the guy that he was doing the thing with split. So now we're stuck with this six foot two, 250 pound baby Huey. This <laughs> SOB was 15, 16 years old. And here you have Irma. Irma works out. Me, I got three kids, a home I got to take care of. Not so much. <laughs> and so then we're, we're tussling with him. This bastard has arms like this. We're trying to get his hand, and he's like going around like this with his arms. Like, what the hell is this? He's going. These two women. <laughs> so Irma's trying to grab his arm. I gotta get his other arm. He drop. I see that he drops the drugs, and I'm keeping my eye on it. Irma has him, and Irma had a bad shoulder at that time, so he got. I think he got out of his shirt. It was my neck. He, it was my neck. Oh, your neck. Okay. I think he got out of his shirt. And he, he went down the stairs and I looked at the drugs. Irma went after him and I said, five seconds, one, two, three, four, five. Grabbed it, put it in my pocket and I ran after Irma. Irma ran after him. I'm going, Irma's going. <laughs> I don't know who called the transmission in. The 1013, I don't know if it was me or you. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Get locked. <laughs> oh my God, I was in my 40s. Jeez, <laughs> with three kids, get out of here. And then we go down to Broad. I think in Broadway, he made a left, and no. that's when patrol cut him off. No, we had and him. We, wait, we had we him. We got him. You got him. Yeah, we had him in a headache, and patrol shows up, and I'm fighting with him. All right, cool. You see, I forget. And then you turn to me and said, You got the drugs? I go, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what happened? I used to work with some of these girls, like Sandy, like they used to wear skirts to work, you know? They used to wear like skirts, you know? Um, and like Lisa, they took, some of them used to carry handbags and stuff. Like I'm a tomboy, I grew up with boys, so I don't carry really pocketbooks, you know? <laughs> some of the girls on patrol, like the detectives, right? Sandy, they would wear short skirts, heels, you know? Yes. Like, and you can't run like that on the street. I ran really well. I mean, the heel gave me that little lift. I was fine. I was good. I said, oh, wow. My joke with Sandy was that Sandy lifted up her skirt and she freaking went running behind me. <laughs> no, it was fun. It, we had a lot of, we did, we did a lot of good cases in sex crimes. I mean, I mean that was a, not even a-, a No, give your intake crime. on what happened. Cause I gave my intake. Let me see what you have to say, your point of view. I see the same thing on that case. I mean, I don't remember much of it. All I remember was we walked into the building. I know the guy had a lot of drugs in the mailbox, and that's what I saw. You know, they knew we were cops. Like, you know, see, my So thing they is, thought we were social workers. Yeah, it was a lot of times you think that. No, but you know something? They know, you know something? When you're a cop, you're a cop. And I just can't, I'm, I'm not going to go upstairs on somebody's apartment. I mean, the kid is 16 years old. He knows that we're cops. I mean, come on, we had a radio. He has to know that we're cops. And I'm not going to let him disrespect me. That's just the way I was. As a yeah. Cop. Definitely, oh, definitely. And I got a punch in my face, trust me, scratched. Remember, these days you could be a violence interrupter, a social worker. 
<laughs> no, now I don't now I don't get angry that much anymore, you know. But I mean, but when I was the first a cop in the beginning, of course, I had so many CCRBs, but now then after a while you learn how to just deal with people, you know. But um <laughs> Did we recover the drugs from the uh, mailbox? I don't even remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Tell tell I, us about a uh tell us about a sex phone case you guys worked together. I'm on shaking baby case. I mean, that was like from the first one. I mean all right, so tell our audience what a shaking case. baby case is. Some of them don't know. No, tell about the one that you had the oven, the one that the baby put in the oven. The woman that put the baby in the oven. I can't even remember that. I had so many cases. Tell us, Sandy, come on. Oh my gosh. What um I don't know if you were there for this one. I wasn't I'm gonna try to make it short. Was it that it was a, a man? Are <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you joking? When you when you're in sex crimes, you have a kind of like a really bad. You do. You have a warped yeah. sense of humor. Nothing bothers you. Somebody put insult you, and you're like, okay, and who cares, That's a right? Mechanism. I remember a, a case. I'm gonna make it short. A man got a divorce. His little girl was four years old. He got visitation. He lived in uh, he lived in East Harlem, mm -hmm. and the mother lived in Long Island. The mother. Um, the little girl disclosed to her friend that she was having sex with her father. She was 17 and she thought it was normal. The little girl was just taken aback and she went to the guidance counselor. Then they brought her to our office. The mother was, I don't know, I think she was in denial or maybe she didn't want to be bothered. So then the mom says to me, she's not going to talk to you. She doesn't want to say anything about it. I mean, usually everybody talks to me, so we'll see. Well, the mom was right. She was like a, a selective mute. She talked when she wanted to talk and she didn't want to talk at this time. She came back and I got her to answer yes and no, would nod and shake her head to certain questions. That's a start. CPS gets involved. I love CPS, right? We used to have a great time with the CPS workers. They were really great. I love them. What is CPS? Uh, Child Protective Services. Yeah. We have to work yeah, with one yeah. when we get a college case. Yeah, it was really great. But then this CPS called the husband and says, well, the police are going to be looking for you to lock you up. Within 24 hours, that mother freak up packed up and went. And from what I found out, he went to Florida. This is how I found out. Um, I, did, um, I, I did a license check for about three months. Once a week, put the DD5, the reported, what I did on the case. And I'm sitting there waiting for it to come up. Nothing's going to come up, I'm, I'm sure. All of a sudden, got a hit. The mother freak that lives in the land of Florida. I'm going, <laughs> Oh my God, inside me, oh, I got him. <laughs> so me and Sean Franklin take a, take a plane and we go to Florida. How was, that the, was that the special victim's personal plane you took? Yeah, right. Was that the, was that the Detective Burroughs plane? <laughs> yes, yes, paid by the department, absolutely. You flew out of Teterboro, right? The private no, where did we go? No, at LaGuardia, LaGuardia. How is no, Sean doing? How is Sean doing? Sean passed away. He did, right? Yeah, I thought so. He did. He did a while ago. I yeah, he did. Yeah, I liked him. So sad. Yeah, I loved him. He was great. He was good. So we hooked up with the Orlando, Orlando PD and um, we talked to them. They're very nice guys, sweethearts. And then um, knock on the door. Patrol is there in front of us. And um, knock on the door. When he opens the door, they just check inside to make sure there's nothing there. And they step aside and I say, hi, my name is Detective So-and-so from Special Victims. We need to talk to you. He looked at us, it looks like he held his breath. All of a sudden he went, whatever my daughter said, I did, I did. 
So again, I'm going <laughs> inside of me, but I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about this. Just get your stuff, your personal information. We'll go to the precinct. Pops went in with him. I looked at Sean and we're going, <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. We're not there yet. So we go, we take him to the station. They have a beautiful precinct. These cops on no land are beautiful. They have a video. They hooked that shit up for me. Um, sat down. I record her. Oh, damn. Okay. What year so was recording, this? Recording. Now, what year was this? 90s. Oh, my gosh. In the 90s. The mid-90s, I think. Probably early 90s. Because I, I was yeah. in like in 87 to like 90, 98. Was Billy I don't think you were there. Was my no, son? you were there. You were there. But you didn't go with me. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, I, I, I took the muscle. No, I, I left Special Victims in 97. Yeah, could be, could be in the late set 90s, when the mid to late 90s. Now, Sean Franklin, we talk about Sean Franklin. He's like six, seven, what, uh, 240. That guy is skinny, built, tattooed from head to toe. All I have to say, you, under us, okay. With him by my side, no problem, no worries. Don't, you know. I never saw him from head to toe, Sandy. Huh? <laughs> what? No, what'd you say? I said, I never saw him from head to toes. I saw, you know, how, what kind of tattoos he has. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> I love that. He was a great guy. Funny sense of humor. Very kind. And then um, the guy gave it a lot. The father said that he started molesting her when he first got her. And then he started having sex with her and he was, she was seven. And I said, but why all these years? Why? Because she looks like her mother. They always say that. So gross. Oh, God. That's the little girl had to be admitted to, to a psychiatric hospital because, uh, you know, she went she went off the deep end. And he, he got 10 years because the little girl didn't uh, testify against him. So they got 10 years. He got 10 years and that was it. Yeah, well, what, what about you, Irma? No, one thing about special victims, the, the hardest part in special victims to me was just like those cases. Like I never, ever as a kid was exposed to that kind of stuff. So I, I, I wasn't familiar with it. Like, you know, I mean, some kids are exposed to that as they're growing up. I mean, I've met cops who've told me stories and stuff, you know, things that happened to them when they were kids. But, you know, I mean, but I was never exposed to that. So the first time right. I special victims, which I said before, when I saw pictures like of a little girl giving a man a BJ, I couldn't get that shit image out of Oh my gosh. It bothered me for so long. And then we had a lot of cases one time, I don't know whose case it was, where the father was videotaping in between in the middle of porn tapes while he was molesting his daughters. Oh no, yeah. We had to look through so many porno tapes in the office. We had to go through, I hate porno for that reason because I've seen so much of it, especially in sex crimes. Yeah. Well, how did we get that photo of you then for the flyer? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was an Remember Amory? What about that case? You had the famous head of Nussbaum case. Yeah, but that, that we talked about before, and like oh, um, you did before. Yeah, no, you know those like, other cases. Like I remember, I had a case one time. It involved a teacher, and I'm not sure if I told this case story before, but this this guy was the kid's teacher and the little boy, I remember he had red hair. He was so cute and so innocent. And his teacher, his math tutor was molesting him. When you see the guy, he looks like a total perv, you know, like, you know, there's certain looks sometimes you can tell when the guy's a child likes little kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm isn't that something? I go out in the street or I look at people and I say, that guy is, is nasty. No, when you have little kids, when you have little kids with you too, you could tell, you know? But I remember, like, I remember- well, How could you tell? How could you tell? Something about, something about them, especially- Their mannerism, their eyes, the way they lick their lips. You could tell that they're into porn, they whack off. And like they like little kids for some reason, it's just there. You could tell yeah. them. No, and, and pedophiles, like sometimes, like, I, just, I don't know, me, maybe because I've been around them so much, I just can get that feeling. You know what I mean? Like certain people, you just get that feeling with. You get that like, the intuition and gut feeling. That's all there is. Yeah, like yeah, I, used to, I, used to, uh, I used to investigate robberies. So whenever I walk into a place or I see somebody, a, a group of kids, I could tell if they're good kids or if, they, if they're looking right. to rob somebody. I just could tell in one second. Oh. Yeah, you could tell. I guess that's the way you can tell just from investigating those cases so often that you can tell when you're around the pedophile or around that's the right. even even have, even like a teacher. Not all teachers are pedophiles, you know, like now, like a lot of priests, there's a lot of priests that are pedophiles. I mean, I'm doing the CVA cases now, so many boy scouts, but not everybody, not every priest is a pedophile, not every teacher is a pedophile. Mm -hmm. And it's also the reverse. There's female teachers who have sex with the male, with the young boys. You that's know? right. I, I had a contract with uh, my house. That used to be very uncommon, female on uh, male, you know, pedo female being the pedophile. But female. now it seems like it's happening more and more often. Yeah, it's being more exposed. That's why it's happening. That's, that's, probably, what, that's probably what it is. And also, the kids, the, the, a lot of times the boys don't tell. The boys don't tell. A girl that might like the boy is the one that usually tells on what's happening with the teacher. Right. So exactly. In the cases I'm working now. You're That's getting right. a lot of female uh, molesting young young boys. I've had cases, yeah. Well, I've done cases for lawyers, yeah. Especially school teacher. One, one, yeah. one, one, one. You know, I mean, they were in the paper. I'm not gonna. I can't. You know, I have. I signed confidentiality agreements. So I can't tell you, but there's stories in the paper. You right. know, and it happened, and they took a plea and everything. You know, one time when I was a, a, a patrol sergeant, we had a case like Sandy was describing. A uh, a girl was 16 years old, and she had been uh, molested or, you know, uh, raped actually by her uncle who lived in the same household since she was 13 years old. And she just had got a boyfriend and she, she told her boyfriend and her boyfriend made her tell her mother and then tell the police, you know, the parents turned against her. Yeah, it happened. Like, why did you, why couldn't we like keep this in house almost that you, type you of thing. I know why that happens a lot of times too. A lot of times in so many cases they can act sandy where the where the mother will kick the, the kid out and keep mm -hmm. the and keep the, the yeah. That's crazy, right? To keep the boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. He's paying the bills. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sex crimes is a really hard place to work. I think it was like one of the hardest places for me to work. It is. Because I mean I mean you always think, you know, when you become a cop, you always think you're going to like solve some things. So you're going to go into sex crime. You're going to stop sex crimes. And, and never, it's always the same. And one thing I keep saying lately, and I have people, like I have friends who used to work in ACS. And I tell them, I go, imagine how many kids are being abused right now. School's closed. They're not right. going to school. I mean, in school is when all this stuff is found out that the kids are being molested. You know how many kids are being molested now since March when schools are closed? And they're home 24 hours with their abusers, some of these kids. So imagine, like they have no escape I, from it. There's no escape. escape. I think about that almost every, all the time because I just know there's kids out there being abused. Sandy had a case, the case you had on that Thanksgiving, the little girl, um, Izquierdo, was that her name? Oh my gosh, what was it about? That's when you, you know, I just block a lot of stuff that's out. That's the little girl that a guy came to fix the window and um, he saw her in the room and her little brother walked by her and hit her in the head. 
It was a big case. It was a news media case. She was, the mother hated her. And it was your case, as a matter of fact. Oh my I God, God. Oh my God. You remember that case? I think, mm-hmm. name, I think it was Lisa Izquierdo, was it? it was, no, not Lisa Izquierdo, I'm sorry. It was, that wasn't her name. It might've been, it was a girl. It was a big news case. It was a little girl. She was being abused. A Con Edison worker came in. And I believe- Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, your case. this girl, the mother got her back from the foster mother. Foster mother was a beautiful woman. Happened in Washington Heights. She and she got the kid back because the boyfriend who became the husband wanted the check because she had a couple of other children by him. This girl, when the Con Edison worker didn't report it until 24 hours later, remember? I think, it was, like, I think it was the seventh precinct, I think. Was it? I do I don't I don't even remember. Everything just blends in together. Mm, and, the, and the foster mother must have lived uptown then. Right, right. Okay, so when the patrol went in there, mm-hmm. they got the kid, they were feeding the kid because I think they got a heads up. And I mean, the little girl, how old was she? Six years old? She weighed like 30 pounds and she had scars all over her. She tried to run away. The stepfather put a foot in hot water, scarred her foot wow. up. They, the mother would pull her hair. She was practically bald. And she was making, like she was making chewing sounds like like an old person would because something, you know, to make saliva, I guess. You know what they, those kids do? You know, some of those, some of, some of those kids who are abused like that and they don't get food, you know what they do? They keep food inside their upper lip and they hold on to it. Oh. So they can eat it later on. You know, and that happens on some of the cases that we worked on in childhood. Yeah. You know? So what happened with her was patrol brought her to the hospital. Um, they patrol um, was going to make an arrest fast, really fast. I said, "How can you make an arrest? She didn't make a disclosure. Who are you going to arrest?" At two o'clock in the freaking morning that night, two o'clock in the morning, they went to the hospital. They forced the little girl to tell her what happened. I don't know how they did it, but when they did that, they arrested the mother and the father, and they locked them up. And then I was called to come down because it was my case to because she wasn't saying anything to me. She was blaming the foster mother, but she wasn't with the foster mother for like six months. Right. <clears throat> so then, you know, I said, okay, I got to take my time with her. You know, she's not in the home. The kids are removed. Everything is copacetic. But no, these efforts wanted a collar and they walk up the kid at two o'clock. They talk to this kid because the sergeant told them to because they wanted to get the collar. Who's this? Then, what, what unit is this? Patrol. Oh, I think it was like in the late mid late nineties. Yeah, because oh. I know they had they, they had like special victims, but didn't they also have like a patrol special victims too? No, no, I like, know. Like, no, no. They had Manhattan sex crimes. Like domestic violence cops. Yeah, we were the Manhattan sex crimes unit. It wasn't called special victims yet. It was Manhattan sex crimes unit when we were in there back in 1987, 88, and we investigated <laughs> all first degree rapes and all child abuse cases on the 15. And that's how, how on the 14th, first degree rapes, that's all we did in the beginning. And then around 89, around maybe 89, after after Lisa Steinberg, they started a child abuse team. You know, I think, why year did you come to special victims, Sandy? At when 92. You, all right, see, so after that, like in around 89, when I was there, they started the child abuse team. You know, I was right. on Walter, Kathy, and there was a few people on the team. I didn't want to be on the team, but I got forced to be put on the team. I was so mad, but it was steady hours. I hated it so much because I like being right. on clock, you know, I just didn't like it, but it was good, you know, and, and it was, we were like the pioneers of the child abuse teams, you know, and you went to special something? victims when they did it. 
right? Or you were in sex crimes doing adult cases. It was Manhattan Sex Crimes Unit, but we were doing child abuse. Cases. You started, okay, all right. All right. I, just want, I just want to um, say something about the, a lot of times like you guys as uh, detective investigators from uh, Manhattan Sex Crimes, you would have a case with a lot of investigation done and then patrol might come across it and jump on the arrest, but yet it it called out, calls for so much more investigation. I mean, when you think about it, and, and this isn't comparing apples to oranges, but for example, Dominic Strauss-Kahn, there's a case where they didn't have a case against him, but it was such a heavy-duty political case that they were ordered to arrest him anyway. And I believe yeah. the head of sex crimes in the Manhattan DA's office quit over that. That's a French guy? Lisa Friel, I think it was, right? Was that because the she said, no, don't lock him up. And then they wound, the case wound up falling to shit because they didn't listen to her. It was mm -hmm. so political. Remember, it turned out that the maid a was trying to extort mess. money from him. Let me tell you one thing. There was cases like that. Like I remember a case that we had, and it was a, a young, a, a young black girl. She, she lived in a, in, she lived in a, in a, in a, what do you call that? A, SRO. A shelter, like on yeah. in the thirties back then. In the eighties, there was a lot of shelters there. And this girl, there was a phone booth there, and and a guy calls up and offers the girl a job. I think I may have told you this before. And he he offers her a job, and she comes in. She goes out. She buys like a ten dollars store, gets herself a little skirt. Long story short, she goes to his office. This guy was inventing like stuff for the military, a lot of money, worked in Rockefeller Center. She goes there, he rapes her, and he uses um like, you know, like a, a dildo. He uses certain things, and she reports it. And he told her before she left, who's going to believe you over me? And I, and I believe it was, I think it was my case, or it wasn't my case. It was somebody else's case, but I assisted on the case. I went with her to Rockefeller Center. She showed me where the office was. Make a long story short, Sure enough, they do a search warrant, they get him, they arrest him, they do a search warrant, everything she said was there. But that was one case that I was so happy for her because they nobody would have believed her, you know what I mean? Because it would have been money, you know, but it happened, you know, it happened. And it was that was a good case. And I forgot who, which the detective was. Well, how many times did you get a prostitute rape case? A, a, a few times, a few times. And sometimes they're telling the truth, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I think most victims tell the truth, the kids. The kids, I'm not, most I'm of the not kids. Bad mouth the DA's office, but that's the DA's office stuff. You know, they're the ones who decide whether they're going to keep it or they're not going to keep it. You know, and I'm not saying anybody's names, but it's very political. A lot of times, when I was in special victims, what cases they would take, what cases they wouldn't take. If it right. wasn't tied in a nice little bowl, they didn't want it. So, exactly. You know, exactly. But you know, one of the but things about Lisa Friel, I Friel was great. I always liked her very much. But one of the things about special victims cases, and you'll hear this a lot, is that, um, you know, a lot of times, uh, people don't believe the victim. And a lot of times the victims do lie, right? Adults mostly, mostly. I had one of the kids right. they, make, make, they make up a case of rape yeah. to cover up something else. If they're having sex a oh, lot. That's... Yeah, See, like, and that happens a lot. But, you know, they social workers would say, oh, that never happens. That, that, you know, it happens a lot, right? I'm going to give you an example. This is like very embarrassing for me, but this is the God's honest truth. When I was about 15 years old, my father saw me talking to a boy on the street beat the shit out of me. I had to run away from home that night, had a black eye, you know, I had to run away from home. And that's the truth. And you know what they did? The next day when they got me back home, they made me go to the doctor to see if I was a virgin. 
It was so humiliating for oh, me. God. So I worked in sex crimes. I knew my, my mother still probably has to pay me in her, in her, in her closet says hymen is intact, whatever. I was like, <laughs> so embarrassed. It was so embarrassed, humiliating. Yeah. But, when I was, <laughs> but when I was in sex crimes, you know how many Spanish young girls would come in and say they got raped and I get them in the room. I say, are they gonna take you to the doctor? She'd say, yeah, if you're having sex with your boyfriend, yeah. So they knew they weren't virgins. You know it, yeah. So his Hispanic <laughs> thing that they did, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, they would take their daughters right to the doctors and see if you're a virgin. <laughs> it was fucked up, That's but right. the doctors would do it. You, you know, know? When you hear some of the yeah. stories these Spanish people old girls tell, like about being kidnapped, huh? held hostage for the weekend. You okay, know, now, yeah. Like, wait a minute. You know, the there's best, a thing called video cameras. There's a thing called, you know, ATM, the, the best is transit the cards, the, the metro cards. No, when the wife has a boyfriend and she falls asleep in his house overnight, she's the one that gets kidnapped, you know, or has a boyfriend, and she got kidnapped, you know, because right, she, right. Well, You know what happens a lot, they too? They put a, a hood over her head. She she comes into the, oh, my God, I'm here, I'm here. They dropped me off, I'm here. You know, you know what happens a lot too is sometimes you go up and you start partying with a certain person in their apartment and then somebody else comes over. Now it's the three of you partying. And next thing uh -huh. you know, it's like six dudes. I remember walking to get a bagel around the corner and there was a girl in the projects. <laughs> she was waving to me like this. So I was waving back to her. And she's like, okay. So at that point right now, you realize, oh, that maybe there's something there. So you got to figure out what apartment that is. Oh, we got a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, like Definitely. she was there for the whole weekend, but um, they locked her in. The way it started out with, it was just gonna be her and that guy smoking crack, and then all of a sudden his friend came over, so that was okay. Then another friend came over, and all right, how much we what are we gonna do for this crack? Before you know it, there's six dudes there. Yeah, and they, they just they're still doing that. They still do that in the nasty in the, in the foster care agency like that I work in. They have the girls are trafficked sometimes. You know they are. You know, I mean, ACS has a pretty good AWOL unit that, you know, that works really good and they kind of get the girls back. I didn't know that, really? It's new, it's a oh, new okay. Yeah, they've been doing a good job because, I mean, as a private investigator, I can't do much. I can't do anything. It has a tie behind your back. I tell a kid, come with me. Why should they come with me? ACS has a AWOL unit. They're doing pretty good work. I have to give them a lot of credit. Mm, nice. Very nice. That's cool. I didn't know that. How much, how much human trafficking are you seeing in your travel? That was my next question. <laughs> Oh, for me? Yeah. And, and with a foster kids, a, a lot. There's a lot of them get trafficked. You know, like the, when the girls that run away, you know, I mean, the girls sell each other, you know, like um, in the foster care agencies, you know. You know, I mean, human trafficking is not going to end, you know? Is that I was no. thing in the uh, Epstein video uh, on Netflix where how one girl would go and she would get her 200 bucks and then he would tell her if you can get some friends and they would go back and they'd say, all you can do is give this guy a massage. And that girl would get 200 bucks and she would get 200 bucks for bringing that girl there. And the more you can get, the more you would, money you would make. So the girls are like telling their friends to come over. See, see, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's still going on. And you know, who's, you know who's big in the human trafficking also is the Bloods and the Crips. You, you notice you don't hear about them that much anymore? No. Because that's what they're doing. They're doing a lot of prostitution. You know, a lot of uh, uh, trafficking. You know, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure the feds know about it. You know, but I learned that just from the foster care system where I work, you know, when you talk to the, some of the kids. How does it work? Wow. Well, you know what, I figure, I figure I that, that I know. You're gonna, you, yeah. you, if you're hanging out and you're hanging out with some, uh, with a click, and then all of a sudden they're telling you they're gonna put you down with the click. 
And in order to get down, you know how like some the boys got to get like a beat down to be part of the clique, and the girl has to pretty much do everybody. Bring everybody. Yeah. And then get you, the train. Once yeah. you're in the clique, you're not really in the clique. They just use you. They tell you you're in the clique, but they're basically selling you off. That's right. You know, one thing, one thing about sex crimes, you know, like a lot of the cases was so sad, but we used to joke about a lot of stuff. You had to joke. Otherwise you go crazy. And curse a lot. Curse a lot. Yeah, there was a detective that worked in chief of detective's office when I was in sex crimes. I don't remember his name. I think his last name began with a T from what I think. He was a young guy, not a young detective. Like he had time on, but he was like um, probably a Vietnam vet back then, you know, um, nice looking guy. But let me tell you, I remember talking to him one night. He, he said that he had a sex crimes case that ruined him, you know, and ruined him. And he was working there because it was it's different. Like now we're so more exposed to it because of the Internet. You hear more about this stuff. But back then you didn't you didn't see you didn't hear. It. You would see eight millimeter films. You would see pictures. But now it's different, you know, but um, he said it ruined him. And then he, that's why he was working the chief of the. It could ruin you, right, Sandy? Yeah, it could. It could. It could. I have nine grandchildren, two great-grandchildren, and I was there for almost all of them to help raise them. I questioned them. I, they said hello to somebody. Who's that person who sat next to you on the bus? How was school? Did you go to the bathroom? Was anybody bothering you there? And now I have my seven- and nine-year-old great-grandchildren who, you know, they're all from school, so they're here with me. I'm homeschooling them. Oh my God, I just want to pull my hair up. You got to worry about the older kids too. Like, you know, this weekend I heard that, you know, my daughter was out with her friends and she goes into a bathroom and one of her friends notices a guy that was eyeballing her and my daughter goes into the bathroom. Guess what? The guy went into the bathroom and her friend noticed it. And when she went into the bathroom, the guy's standing by the sink and my and her friend goes, what are you doing in here? He goes, I'm washing my hands. She goes, this is the man's bathroom. What was he going to do to my daughter? Oh, my God, that makes me so angry. See, the thing he was is, just waiting to see. Yeah, he was waiting to see no, if anybody no, saw him go in. If you report that, now you become a problem because you're supposed to use any bathroom and you're supposed to be but able to go in, 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 this, in this world. But if you go report that, all of a sudden you become like a Karen, no matter who you are. Yeah, you know, something like, in the, in the female Trust me, I, I would love to see. call me. I have some aggressions in me. I need to get out. So we're going to stick my foot up that guy's ass. I'm telling you, that makes me so, it's like, I, I can't help it. The thought of anybody trying to hurt my kid, especially my daughter. Ugh. Like, what it just gets you I'm crazy. Yeah. You know I, just thought, I just thought of a movie right now. What? I thought of you two girls going out just to get lunch. And to kind of reunite and, you know, just because you were friends, you worked as cops. And then all of a sudden something pops off and the two of you are back in action. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, but Sandy got to run. <laughs> you see, I'm the type of person now that I just calm down. Because uh -huh. that's, you know, you could get a lot of stuff done that way. But if you're going to release the lying in me. There's no coming back from that. I'm telling you, it's it really quick. So I could think of ways to hurt people without us even being found out that we did it. You know, if you're gonna rape this girl, walk around, I'm gonna beat you up. I'm too. gonna hurt you. I'm gonna take your testicles. I always <laughs> think about. I always think about ways to uh, to hurt somebody, but without you know, not just being like the the violence that you know, like for not example, too much blood. No, not too much. Like for blood. example, when you pulled somebody over. Right. And they were like, uh, what the fuck did you pull me over for? And in your head, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. You had a headlight out. And they're like, yeah, but this is bullshit. OK, just let me see your summons. And every t single time they cursed or they said something bad, 
You're, you're saying that's another one. That's another one. Then you get back in your car and you hand them seven summonses. Okay, thank you so much. Have a good night. Because the smart cop would always pay you back in paper. Exactly. That's it's revenge. You know, I used to, our office 3280 Broadway used to be right across the hall from uh, Special Victims. And sometimes I would just listen to you guys talk. And the crazy shit you talked about. And I used to, when you, and as a boss, you think about OEEO and that thing where, like, if someone is offended by what you're talking about, they can actually file. And I used to say, how could special victims detectives do their job if they can't talk to each other about what exactly. they're investigating? You know what I, I mean? Yeah, and we used to abuse the detectives, the male detectives there. I mean, kind of verbally abuse them here and there. I mean, they were scared of us. They were mature and they were scared of us because they knew you better treat us right. Because if you don't treat us right, guess what? We're not going to interpret for you in Spanish. We're not going to help you out on the case. And we're not going to talk, help you talk to your victim or the perp. So you know, you know what? Kneel, bitch. <laughs> you, know, no, you, know what was, you know what was fun in special victims? Remember Hank Karaszewski? I'm going to tell you a story one time. Oh, my and, God. One time, there was a girl named Karen Sims. And one time, Hank Karaszewski, they worked with us. He was a real good guy, Hank. You know, he's a real Sweetheart, guy. yes. And so, so Hank, it comes by my desk. And he goes, oh, whose grapes are these? I go, oh, they're mine. You want some? You can eat them. So he starts eating the grapes and stuff. I get a picture of him. He's eating the grapes. He you gave him up to Karen. He's eating your grapes. And then Karen comes in. She goes, who the fuck ate my grapes? I go, Hank, look, he's a picture. <laughs> so we used to do a lot of pranks in the office. Like Steve Vallow, he's working catch. You know, remember Steve Vallow? Oh my really God. He's a great guy too. I, yeah, he was a little bit out there, but I, I don't like him. It's okay, but you know something? Even though he was the EDP, I always respected him. I always was nice to him. Yeah. I used to play pranks on him. So I used to always- He used to love to come to our office so we could he's hit a, with him. He used to look up for me to like bother him. So one, so one day I'm moving down the hall. I, I used to see him, I used to go, Steve, your zipper's open. And he looked down. I said, go, Steve, your zipper's open. Every time I walk by him. So one day I go, Steve, your zipper's open. He goes, stop telling me my zipper's open. And that's when the fax machines first came out. So I go to my office and I write, I write, we had a fax machine. I write, someone in your office's zipper's open. I fax it to his office. And I watch him come into my office going, where the fuck is she? Where the hell is she? <laughs> no, he used to come, come in like this. Who did this? <laughs> but he was a good guy. I don't care what he, he was. was. I know. I live. I, I, I've been meaning to call him. I have a picture of him here, as a matter of fact. I can yeah, he him. used to run catch after a yes. while. Yeah. He's yeah. all the McDonald toys. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were great. Those were great, like the pranks that you play on people. I love pranks. I worked with a, a female detective, and she was telling us how she had um, a squirrel in her attic. And she was asking around uh, how she could take care of this problem, you know, like how she could, you know, like, uh, so then all of a sudden I started, I, I created this, I found it on a Google, a picture of like squirrels and addicts and help me, she's trying to kill me. And I, I put it every, I hung it up in the back, I put it in her desk in between her, uh, her, her cases. She would open up a case and there would be a picture of a squirrel <laughs> everywhere she went. And they would, that's just the kind of stuff you did. <laughs> that's, all I, you know, that's, and that's one thing.
like right now society, I think the kids now are so freaking spoiled and sensitive. Like my kids are not like that because people used to always tell me, you're going to make your kids crazy the way you, you're raising them. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. They can take a lot of abuse. They're not like everybody else. They're not like, they don't go with the program. You know, they How, how did you raise them? What did you they do? They don't judge anybody. I was a bit mean to them, but I don't care, you know? When he mean Remember Griselle Ortiz? She had a lot of dolls on her desk. I guess because she was used to invest kids and, you know, the kids used to come and play with the dolls. One day, me and somebody else, I think it was you, I don't know, we used to take string, tie the <laughs> tie the doll's neck in the string, hang them up. <laughs> My brother used to do that to me when I was a kid. She well, was in one day. That, like, that's that's the worst is everyone falls asleep at one time or another. And all the times people would take Polaroids of you like, Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen those, and you're with you guys, absolutely. <laughs> the anatomically correct dolls. That that picture though, that uh, tying the uh, the string around the babies, nobody would ever understand that. We if had like ten of them hung up. The news or on public, you'd be a savage. We don't think, well, why? I mean, that's the way we grew. But I'm just saying, in the day to day minutia of working in a squad room, that's funny. And you want to have this uh, type of sense of humor. Like, I remember, um, you know, I had a picture of, a, I had a, a DOA once. The guy was a, he, he died in, he died in his living room. Something happened where his balls swelled up. They always do sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm talking about the size of, each was like a beach ball, just with gas. Oh, my God. But when you get there, you have to take pictures of the deceased. For no, you didn't. But... You know, where did you leave that picture? The good ones. Board. Like you, you put the thumbtack right in your 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 little your trunk, um, <laughs> that board that you had. You, you, yeah. you left it right on your desk. Yeah. <laughs> the big oh, ball guy. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing in the two three squad, we that was one of the best squads I was ever in, and someone put a pair of um like cowboy boots with the heels facing upward, as if the guy was kneeling down, and it, a sign said. This is how you get grade in the two three squad. It was by the <laughs> lieutenant's desk. <laughs> you know? That's a good one. That's good. Yes. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. You know that, that they, was awful. <laughs> but today, they, someone would probably say, "Get ID in here. Report I'll this." I'm gonna tell you a real disgusting, another real disgusting story that if anybody did that to anybody, these this day and age, I can't imagine what would happen to them. When I was in special victims, we all shared a locker room, like you know, male, female. We didn't care who was changing. It didn't make a difference. We were like brothers and sisters. We we kind of were very tight and stuff. And um, and and one time I, I remember going out with John Savino and like going out after court. All of us went out to um that that ale house on my court where what it was. What's that place called by court? That bar that used to be by the Brooklyn Bridge? Yeah, it was at the corner, yeah. Oh, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy. Not a beer drinker, but I Jeremy, know. right. You're wrong. <laughs> and we took the train back. When I get back, it was raining. I fold every, I lost all my shit. I get back. And now the weekend is like a Friday or Saturday. So I leave. I go on a swing. When I come back, oh my God, it was so embarrassing. They have my stockings hanging over my locker on a thing. <laughs> and it has a sign that says scratch and sniff. <laughs> <laughs> on my lawn. And back then it's like, you know, you just chuck it up, you laugh, I'm embarrassed, but you didn't, you didn't say, do anything about it. Now, forget it. Oh my God, I would have to, I could have sued the whole police department. I would have had plenty of stockings. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy in our unit, uh, Patty Purcell. You were gone, Irma. And Patty was, the, was so funny and he was so sweet. And one day me and Grizel got together 
We got some hot wax, you know, like the women use to uh, for, for their legs. We got some hot wax. We distracted him and we got his whole arm full of wax. Oh, and we God. tried to rip it off. He wouldn't let us a little, oh, strong that guy is. And we tried to rip it off. We tried to throw him down. He wouldn't let us. Yeah. Yes, that's that's a painful. You know, is that uh, the, in the, where I worked, we had a, a, a separate room where the females changed. But for some reason, I was sleeping in their side. There was no, no females working. But whoever the females that were there were, they used to put their shoes on the bed. So they would be in boxes and there was other female clothes. And then I, for some reason, either the bunks were taken on the male side or this place was more comfortable. Nobody was going to walk in, but I'm sleeping there. And then somebody came in and took a picture and all of a sudden you see me and I'm sleeping right next to like four f boxes of open female shoes. <laughs> And then like a like a, a chiffon behind my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't put a bra on you. <laughs> oh my god. So, so, let me say one other thing about about sex crimes. One of the worst things that I ever experienced in sex crime, and this is important for like anybody who's listening who has young kids. Like there was two things. Like if a couple, and I tell my kids this too. If you're in a park with your girlfriend hanging out or whatever, you gotta be careful because here comes a group of four guys. And what do they do? They hold the girl down, they rape the girl, they hold the guy and they all take turns raping the girl. I mean, that happened. Another thing that happened when I was, we were special victims, the guys that used to climb into the fire escape in the middle of the night and, and come into a family's home, put the husband on the bottom, the wife on top and rape the wife. The brownstone rapist did that. I mean, imagine you're sleeping and here's come some stranger into your house, you know, so. right. Well, victim. they had that the silver gun rapist in the 19th back. He never got caught. He never got caught? Oh, the one that John Savino was working on and John yeah. Baker. Yeah, that, that guy never got caught for some reason, you know? How about the East Side rapist? Either, right? No, that, that's why I really believe that the medical examiner's office should always keep, when anybody dies, they should DNA everybody and put them through the bank because you never know when that, if any of those perps that die off something else, that's might, a good the bank idea. might solve a case, you know? I mean, I think nobody, because they, they don't do it, but I think everybody's DNA should go into the bank once you're dead. Every single, uh, how, how would you do that? Easy, because you, when you do when you do an autopsy, you can just swap them. And, How many and, hundreds of people die in this city every day? No matter. I mean, they, they take tissue samples from everybody who's autopsied, you know? But um, and, I think that's like a, a, a civil rights thing. I, I know, know, that's the problem. But, but you I need would, the family's I, permission. I yeah. would say that oh, guy could take DNA, DNA. You have no rights anymore. We're going to throw it into the genealogy database. You yeah. might be the uh, Gilgo Beach killer, you know? Hey, did you see the Golden State killer case? That was great what they do with the DNA. Yeah. And the oh, DNA. Let me ask you guys something because you guys deal with this. Didn't they used to call those cases uh, cold DNA hits where you would get a hit of someone who was in prison? And it could direct. That was, yeah. I was gone yeah. by then. Eddie used to work that. Eddie Tacky and uh, the other guy I forgot his name. Well, oh, we, my used gosh. To, we talked about how brilliant it was for the DA's office or whoever came up with the idea of indicting the DA. Arthur Bashford, I think it was Arthur Bashford. I think that was, was brilliant. So because the statute of limitations then wouldn't attach, right? He was, he was a pretty good DA. I think Martha and Lisa came up with that. I think with- um, What a great I, idea that yeah. was, you know? Yeah, I remember that, but I forgot what- Do a cold case, go to a prison and let someone know that they were not going home? That they was, you know, cause they were caught for another rape. On some cases, Andy, I think did it, you ever do that? No, I did only children, and that was it. 
Oh, so this was uh, Taki and the- uh, Al Sandemir, Al Sandemir. That was definitely yeah. done, yeah, because Al Sandemir, yeah, they did a lot of good cases with that. As a matter of fact, I had a case, it's my very first sex crimes case that I was allowed to work alone. It was New Year's Day. And it was the guy in the three, four that used to go around up crumbs saying that he was, um, sorry, he was, uh, what was it? He was um, the super and that's how they let him in. So New Year's Day, this girl was talking to her mother in Santo Domingo. She had a three-year-old little girl. She let him in because they were having problems and he raped her and they put her DNA. They, you know, they went under what you call it, a grand jury, blah, blah, blah. And he came up a hit five years later. And what happened that they couldn't get a hold of him. They couldn't because when they did arrest him, they never put down the tattoos that he had. Never. <laughs> what the frick are you doing? <laughs> right, on the scars, marks, and tattoos. That box is there for a reason, right? Right, right. So when, when you're on patrol, tattoo. too, you, don't, you didn't understand back in the day why it was very advantageous for future investigations. Right. You don't let a perp make the three phone calls. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. right, those three phone calls. I always used to write those numbers down because I was in warrants first. So when I was in warrants, I knew those, the, uh, I knew how important, that's why warrants is important because you know, you're always going after the person. It's, it's, it's kind of sort of what you do after you did the whole investigation. You're just coming, right. you're that's just right. learning how to catch people. So you know what's important. Apartment numbers are important. Finding out who this guy is important. Who's that guy? You have to put accurate. She's crazy. <laughs> is that your kid? Who's doing that? <laughs> that's Irma. No, but no, no, that's crazy. That some special victims detective from the past was coming in. How'd you do that with your toe? <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. It's this <laughs> toy. Yeah, but who? But how did it get in the screen there? They put it there. She's playing with it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh there you go. There you go. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, look, I'm going to do mine. You ready? Go ahead. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing. One thing I do miss, Sandy, I miss laughing. First of all, I, I got to tell you guys one thing. I went to visit Sandy in her house when she moved all the way upstate. I won't tell you where it is, but it's pretty far up. And I remember saying to my, I think I was with my husband then, right, with Billy. I, I think my Billy and my kids went with me. And I go, yeah, wow, look at this nice big park that Sandy next to, has next to her house. It was her lawn. Oh. <laughs> 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 A beautiful take her out of the Lower East Side, but oh my God, take me out oh my, a step up from the projects. Let me oh tell you, God. I was like, Holy wow, God, what a nice How does that feel? And a beautiful kitchen. It's in Orange County, upstate New York, 40 How minutes from the Woodbury Commons. Don't tell them where it's at because people are listening, you know. But how does it feel? I got to guns, have... I got cameras, no worries. How, how does it feel to have a house like that? Unbelievable. All my grandchildren, so big. they came here, I babysat them, I got a, a rainbow you know, a uh, playground, I have a pool. I mean, listen, you're talking to a chick who lived in the projects all her life, <laughs> who got her windshield wiper stolen, her battery at least once a year stolen. It's unbelievable. It there, like if, if you work hard for it, you can have it. I don't want to hear this bullshit. You know, oh, but because, you know, I'm oppressed. Bullshit. You know what's funny? I, I live in Westchester too, and my wife is always opening doors. She has a pool too. And I'm like always paranoid. I'm always locking them, you know. It's hot, it's hot out. Meet that dog. I'm like, you know, I just I think of like home invasion shit, you know. 
Yeah, I have a terrace. A terrace is nice. You can leave it open. No one's going to climb in. That's right. <laughs> so, you also, know. you think. <laughs> like right? Spider-Man. I mean, remember, yeah. remember Spider-Man? Yeah, we've seen it happen, you know? How about in the That's seventh? Right, got how about that homicide in the seventh priest when the guy came in through the window? Thank God he got caught. Imagine. There'd still be a task force. Oh, you know? my gosh. Well, hey, he got away. <laughs> um, now you're getting me. Uh, now I'm remembering a lot of stuff I don't want to, I don't want to remember. Yeah, that's oh not bad. Like, you, know, you know, I've done a couple a couple of TV things. I'm not going to do no more TV stuff, by the way. I'm only doing this stuff. But um, when you do the TV stuff and they and they open up those those doors again by the sex crimes, I mean, too much shit comes in. And it's depressing, man. I remember driving home so many times over a little kid that, broke your heart right sandy i mean the shaking baby cases um just the, the little kids being raped the thought of us you know and right now i mean i i don't want to think about it because then i'll think about it too much the thought right now in my head this freaking de blasio having all the schools closed how many kids are being abused how many kids are being the victims of abuse right now for a whole almost a whole year you know with the abuse in the home and that just drives me crazy and it bothers me and i'm pretty that's sure right. a lot of fucked up kids in a little while when it all comes that's out. right that's right well even it's just think about uh, right now it's been what seven months more than eight months we've been sort of locked down think of the psychological problems not just for those kids everybody Families. Not seeing, having human contact, you know, the way we used to, you know. I mean, I still go outside every day. I walk, you know, there's a few friends. I know, you do, yeah. But, yeah, but I, you go to the city all the time. You don't give hugs anymore. I, I work with Joan. No more hugs. Joan? Huh? Is that, what was there's that? No more hugs. <laughs> oh, nobody hugs me anyway in my house. And that thing, you know, so it doesn't matter. There's a stop sign on us. She's like a fireman, stay back 500 feet. My daughter only hugs me if she wants money and she's not getting any more money from me. So I'm not getting oh, oh my gosh. How's she doing in school, your daughter? She's adjusting? She's lazy. Yeah. So let's see what happens. You know, but I'm not taking care of no, I'm not taking care of anybody ever again in my life. You know? You're like you're like Cuomo. He sent that state trooper to Canada for dating his daughter. <laughs> Abuse of power, oh my God. Hey, let me tell you something, bro. There's no quicker way than getting a casual dating situation into those two getting eloped and being married for fucking, for getting, because you're an overbearing father. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. They'll probably just fucking, they're just, they're just dating. Dad, I'm, yeah. moving, I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He hates cops. See, he hates cops. He does. He hooked up with a cop. Yep. But he lied really well. He lied really good. I used to yeah, like he, him. I used to like him. I, don't I like did too. I, to like I him. believed him. Who would but Billy, you know, it's funny that the, the TV uh, exposure actually worked against him. In the beginning, he had everybody in the palm of his hand. And then he realized, oh, this guy's a fucking idiot. Yes, he he's, he's a liar. That's why, because he's such a liar. He well, because, kicked you know, from the nursing homes, definitely. Yeah. All men are liars. What do you expect? Hey, come on. Take it easy there. <laughs> hey, my just, husband can't lie he looks at me and he goes uh, 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 he interrogates uh, uh, the shit out of her husband that's why <laughs> she's using some of those victim skills on her husband I said I have to go first because if you go first then I'm I'm done I can't be with anybody nobody's going to be able to put up with me <laughs> I am oh no I, I oof People, My husband's 77, people, so I said, don't leave yet. I think people need to be by that. I think this whole corona thing is good. You learn how to be by yourself a lot. Like, I like being by myself. Yeah. Too. I, I like do, too. I do, too. I don't have to talk to anybody for hours. I'm good. 
I mean, my, and when, somebody, I mean my, no one wants to talk to me anyway. So. <laughs> for, my, for my daily stuff, going to and fro, you know, after having kids and raising, and I, I enjoy doing a lot of, most of my things I enjoy doing by myself. I don't have to wait for somebody yeah. else and just do it. But right. when you're going to go away, you need a companion. You, if you're going to, uh, you know, spend the weekend, you need somebody to, that's when you, yeah. Comes in I'm going with my friends pretty soon for the first time in a long time. Hopefully it goes through. There's a fourth vacation we had to cancel. But I've I, been away on vacation I'm by myself. I just I went to a Spain by myself. Yeah. We should go down to Florida see Nelson and them. I, I spoke to We should. A yeah. weekend. Make it a long weekend. Yeah, I, I can go in the middle of the week and then meet you down there. That's fine. Yeah, you yeah, tell me when it will hook up. Yeah. I'll not get a place for us. For 14 days when you come well, I don't care. I don't care about that. I could be, I already had the That's not true. That's not true. You don't have to quarantine anymore. Huh? No, no more when you come back to anymore. Florida? You have to take a oh, test. Okay. When you get back, you have to take a test. And when you go. Yeah. But I'm going to quarantine. If you're going to travel abroad, you have to take a test before. When you come back, there's no more quarantine. You just have to take a test. Okay, that's cool. Or, or it's a three-day quarantine. Listen, on McLean oh. Avenue, you can take a 15-minute test for $25. Where? McLean Avenue in the Bronx. Yonkers? Oh I love that. That's oh. fucking great. That is fucking great. The fact that you can, there's some places you could go and there's like a dude standing outside. Yo, I got COVID test for 25 bucks. <laughs> One hour. Is that toilet paper? It's a COVID test, right? And then you got somebody else across the, yo, I got COVID test, $14. What up? 25 minutes. Fuck that. I got the vaccine for 15. <laughs> you need it for the oh plane. You need it the plane. You got to show that you had the test. Mm -hmm. You know? Ah, okay. So I had to take it twice because I had a procedure done. And I, and they never called me. They said, they'll call you when it's, you know, positive. I had the one where they stick the thing up your nose into your brain. Oh, why? No. No, that was what the, how they first tested you. And when Ooh, oh, yeah, okay. Ooh. Yeah. When Philly was in the hospital, he, we had to take a test once a week. It was like a lot. And we took so many tests for once a week. We had to take tests, you know? So, ah. yeah, no, had, no one would ever know so that now from what we're talking about, that this is about special victims. <laughs> you guys want to talk about a case? <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of COVID tests. <laughs> Whose dog is that? <laughs> That's I had him in my lap. That was Gunny. He's a pug. I have um I have three pugs. All right. So any any more sex crimes questions here? No, nope, I'm good. I'm worn out. I'm bored. He's like, mom, I mom, I gave you an hour. You said we were gonna That's do it. That's it. I'm bored. I'm ready I'm to going get back to something else. I'm, you're not amusing me anymore. Have another drink. So before we go, why don't we do some uh, predictions? Uh, did everybody vote here? Oh yes. First of all. One of my biggest predictions is that I think that the media is really exaggerating all this boarding up the stores. They purposely making people want to fight in, in case the election goes the wrong way because all these people are such sore losers. If Trump wins, great. If Biden wins, great. But whatever, whoever wins, why does one person have to be angry if the other person wins? Because mm -hmm. I'm right. now, all our young people are such wimps that they all have to have. It their way. Think about your kids being playing sports. Every kid gets a every kid gets a fucking trophy. When that started, I see my kids. I go, why, why is everybody getting a trophy? The the winner should get a trophy. Not every kid on the team should get a trophy. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I think if, they if Trump wins, I can see things going really bad. They're really bad. I mean, in a service for two years right out of high school, like Israel, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Then these kids wouldn't be little punk fuckers like they are. I don't dance. They should, they should do that mandatory like they do in Israel. Three Except years, you go to the army, you go to the military. Three years in the army or three years in the Marine Corps. That, that, you know what? It makes a man out of you. I, I love Marines, former Marines. Yeah. And women. Former and Marines women. know how to do laundry. They can clean. They can cook. They can wash dishes. My husband is a former Marine. He washes my laundry. I'm tired. He washes all the laundry. I he folds it in the drawer. little woman ain't got no soul sound off. One, two, one, two. There should be something. There should be something after high school. You shouldn't be allowed. Should. You don't want to work? Time. Go to military. Yeah, if it's, if That's you're not right. going to go to college, you should do some. You should serve your country, um, but there has to be something. It's that idle time between you think you know everything about the world and you don't really know shit, where you get in trouble and it can fuck up you the rest of your life just because during those two or three years you didn't really know what to do. So that's why I think we we got to keep these kids occupied, man. And he disappeared. You know, it's funny, too, is like when people ask you, like, uh, who you voted for or who you're going to vote for. And I go, hey, hey, I'm a law and order type of guy. What do they tell you? They go, oh, you're a Trump guy. Why? Because I said that I'm a law and order person. Who isn't a law and order person? What kind of fucking person is floating around here and wanting criminals to steal their shit? And and uh, and criminals and, are good now, and cops are bad. It's fucking insane. Criminals deserve the sacrifice your family just because uh, you hate this individual. That's uh, uh, listen. There's nobody voting for Biden. They're just voting because they hate Trump. Because what what could you vote for? What could you vote for Biden for? What is there to vote for? The guy can't put two words together. He doesn't have anything that you ask him of importance. He doesn't want to answer. So you know, you know what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen is they're gonna make him. They're gonna say that he's unable to be fit for. Well, yeah, but that's what they want. They want Kamala because Kamala, they both can manipulate him. The left, but Kamala, she's just basically gonna go. What did you say I should do? Okay, this is what I'm gonna. What did you say? Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And you're talking about the, what what Black Americans should realize, and I'm not being racist or nothing, but Jamaicans do not like Black Americans, so I don't care. You know, a lot of Caribbean blacks do not like black Americans. So I'm pretty sure that whatever her name is hasn't had too many black, real black friends. Maybe now she. It's amazing the way they try to sell her own. But anyway, that's. Hard, and I don't think she even knows she, she even knows she's black. I think she's full of shit. We're already at the hour, and we lost Sandy. So why don't we just wrap it up? Uh, Sandy had had enough. I think we had an incredible episode this week. You girls were on fire. I swear to God, I just sat back and listened. I loved every single moment of it. Um, God bless you, man. God bless you for doing that. You, you did, uh, I, you know, I have story shit in my head. Bill does too, but the two of you together, what, what you had to deal with and what you continue to live with those thoughts, those, uh, the stuff that you've seen, God bless you. So, um, Bill, go and vote tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I voted vote already. Today. I voted already. Yeah, yeah I, I voted where like, I live it, they shouldn't be I voted. Me too. Look at that. There's so much indoctrination about voting. They don't really mean vote. They just mean vote. Well, they, 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 I don't know why anybody just like, I always tell people like in the building I work in, I says, oh, you know, on the, on the, on, on the election day, what I like to do is I, I rent a van and I get the old people from the, um, from the nursing home and I bring them 
you know, so they can vote. And all the all the old people, you know, the people that I tell this to, they're all excited. Oh, I really? Yeah, I get all the Republican old people out and I bring them to vote. And they're like, what? <laughs> I get all the World War II veterans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Medal of Honor winners, I take them to vote. <laughs> I got a big Trump van that I rent. It's the whole thing. All right, so uh, that's it. We're, oh, we got to we got to plug something, man. We got you can't just sign out. No, no. What do you want to plug? I was going to well, say. I want to plug our Patreon. We have uh, thirty-two people pay to see us. That's uh, it. Yeah, well, well, we're trying to build it up. I can't get these cops to let go of a nickel because they hate oh. a nickel's a dime. You know, they hate a nickel because it ain't a dime. But we have three tiers of our Patreon. And our Patreon customers get programming that we don't give to everyone else. So the first tier is uh, the bucket, because you deserve to be called the bucket if you only spend seven bucks to see us a month. The second tier is polish my rack. And the third tier, the premier tier that everyone loves is dipped in butter. And you know what we want dipped in butter. And it feels good. It's warm. And that costs 11 bucks. And that's our premier level. And there's some, I just did a three-part series with Barbara Butcher on the Gilgo Beach serial killer. And I think it was some of her and my best work so far. And I just interviewed again, Mike Heinrichs, one of the most highly decorated detectives in the history of New York City Police Department in regards to anti-crime, the disbanding of anti-crime, what he did in anti-crime in the 6-7, what he did in RIP, and then his whole police career. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. Mark is doing one-on-one -on -one with a new guest every two weeks, I think it is. And he yeah, did, I got Bob uh, Landage. I'm doing Bob Landage. He's a film producer. He's a retired yeah. member of the service. He was also in the movie. Um, the Irishman. The Irishman. And uh, he's an actor. He's a, he's a really good guy. Very smart. He's written a couple of books. I'm in his new movie. Mudhaven. 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 But I talk, I don't talk a lot of personal stuff. You say you talk a lot, but uh, uh, then you find out shit that you didn't know. Really? Oh, look, she didn't tell me she was in it. I'm watching the movie and I'm like, how come you never told me you were in the movie? I talked to you all the time. You never told me you were in the movie. And I just so weird. How weird is that? I know. <laughs> yeah, we talk all right. Thank show. you, Amber, for coming I on. on the show, so it's not like I, I, I talk about myself. No, you were great. You were great tonight. You were always great. It's a pleasure having you. Sandy. What? Did you see the whole movie? Is it out? I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, you could see it. It's on oh. a bunch of different things. Oh, okay, I'd watch it. All right, good to know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. They did a good job with it. It's very, very pretty. It's very nicely shot. Uh, they did a good job with it. He's a, he's a he's an excellent guy. He's gonna be my next guest. I just had Eddie Eddie Malia. He posed in Playgirl. He was a cop. I grew up with him, and uh, that's a great episode. Timmy Hall. I have a bunch of them. Uh, but on that note, All right, guys. let's just say thank you to Irma. Thank you, Sandy. I know you checked out. You had to uh, take the dog for a walk now <laughs> on your uh, your estate there. She was so upset over all these special victim stories. She had to leave. No, nah, you could tell when the dog was done, she had to go. Oh, right now, she's dancing by the Santeria statue. <laughs> <laughs> Lighting candles, dancing. 
<laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Mark, any comedy show, let me know. We're going to take a break, by the way. We're going to be back in two weeks because I'm going to Aruba. So. Oh, I love There's Aruba. no show this Thursday. There's no show till, I think, Monday, maybe the 19th. Yeah, when I come back. Mark, Mark, when you go to Aruba, take a tab and go to the local restaurant. The food on the local side is so good. Okay, I'll do that. Right? Have fun. All right. I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.